Mix 106.3's Real Estate Show with Cam and Renee. Get moving today with Act 2 AGL. Set your energy up in a few minutes. Hi, this is Cam and Renee. Well, each Saturday between 9 and 10 a.m., we love hosting the Mix 106.3 Real Estate Show. And here is what we featured in the show last weekend. Now, the Early Access Superannuation uh, Scheme was introduced by the federal government as a part, of course, of the COVID-19 financial relief strategy. Uh, recently, the tax office admitted that it's made no eligibility checks to see if the money access is actually being used for the stated reasons. Um, and it now appears some of the money is being used to pay down mortgages or for putting down deposits on investment properties and other things as well. Um, he, it's here we welcome Kevin Turner, host at Real Estate Talk and Realty TV. Uh, Kevin, good morning and thanks for joining us. Thanks, Cam. Now, uh, Kevin, can you give us an idea of how many people have accessed the scheme and how much money has been accessed? Yeah, sure, Renee. Well, look, as far as we can tell, it appears to be about 3 million people uh, to the tune of about $28 billion. Now, just to break that down, that's an average of about $9,300 per person. Um, uh, Look, there is evidence that some people are actually using the funds to pay down mortgages, uh, with one bank actually declaring that they've seen a 10% increase in the number of people who are up to $25,000 ahead on their repayments. So that's people paying down their loans. But I've got to say, given the fact that the ATO have admitted that there are no checks in place, it's likely that some people are even using these funds to buy investment properties. And, uh, you know, we, we don't really know. I mentioned $3 million, but even the ATO have admitted they don't know. But I just want to deal, if I could, with investment properties because that raises a lot of questions, not the least of which that when you purchase a property in a super fund, it's highly regulated and that you, you can't live in it personally and no one in your family can live there either. So while that money's coming out of the, uh, out of the super, uh, it, it's effectively a purchase in a super fund but probably not being declared that way. So I, I just wonder what's would happen if the ATO really investigated this, which is what they said they're starting to do. Yeah, so there's some of the parameters already that uh, that you're bound by when accessing money, especially when it comes to investment properties. What are some of the things that can go wrong for people who are doing this and are paying down their mortgages? Yeah, well, uh, it, it raises a lot of questions, uh, not the least of which is, uh, you know, purchasing a property in the super fund, as I said, is, is highly regulated. Um, it, it, you can't live in it personally. So um, it's a very, very risky strategy. I would say to people, just be very careful that there are, you know, there are conditions that apply to being able to use the scheme. Uh, people must have uh, been made redundant, uh, suffered a 20% uh, cut in their working, uh, reduced uh, in their working hours. They've got to become unemployed. All of these things um, lead me to believe that if you're doing this, not fraudulently, but against the rules, it's a very, very risky process. Um, in fact, there was some analysis that uh, that I saw in an article recently um, where a credit bureau um, had estimated, or they said that people using the scheme had spent nearly $3,000 more than normal in the fortnight after getting the lump sum, which indicates to me that it's not necessarily being used for what it was designed. And do you think most people are genuinely aware of what they're allowed to use that money for? 
Well, they should be. It's been very, very clear. Uh, the government have made it very clear what those what those limitations are, and it really should only be used. Let's face it; it really should only be used for the purpose in which it was designed. If you're having difficulty, if you've lost your position, if you want to hold on to your house. But certainly paying down the mortgage in advance is not the answer. Um, if you're using it in an offset fund, I think that's, a, that's a, 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 good, a good thing to do. But you need to disclose that to the bank. A lot of the banks uh, are now trying to identify where the money's coming from. And if it is actually uh, being accessed out of a super fund, they're declining the opportunity for people to be able to buy an investment property. So look, my, my advice to people is make sure that you understand what the rules are and get some financial advice. Don't just sort of take the money and use it to buy a large screen TV. I was going to say large screen TV or, or a pinball machine. No, you can't yeah. do that. <laughs> no, it's the worst thing you can possibly do. I mean, a super fund is, is a great thing. It's setting you up for the future when you retire so that you can, you can be comfortable in your retirement. You've got to think long term. Don't think short term. It's very, very difficult in this situation to do that. But my advice is don't do it. Well, very good advice there. Absolutely, Kevin. Uh, thank you so much for your time as Thanks, always. Renee. Thanks, Cam. Thanks, Renee. Recently, I saw some cool photos online of some really great outdoor cubby houses. Oh. And just driving around Canberra, you can see some setups. Some are big, some are small, some are quite elaborate and, yeah. and really cool. And there was a house uh, with the Zango uh, exclusive property preview videos that I've been doing. Yeah. I think it was in Mawson. It was like a triple decker. Oh, my goodness. It's like, whoa. Okay. Well, that's really cool. Now, it got us thinking, are outdoor cubby houses still a thing oh. around Canberra? And uh, Murray Fleming is owner of Canberra Outdoor Structures. They make uh, cubby houses. Good morning, Murray. Hi, guys. Mate, thanks for joining us this morning. All right, uh, just so people know, what sort of cubby houses do you make? Well, we make cubby houses. They are gender specific sometimes. The fourth style above ground ones for boys and then the close the door talks the doll type ones are generally for girls or combo type ones. So different sizes um, relating to different number of children that go inside it, but yeah, the, the normal size one is about 1.8 by 1.8. Okay. On roof. Awesome. And what's demand like in Canberra, Murray? Well, we started this business in 1991 and um, we were doing uh, a B-double a, a week in Christmas and then the, in the mid to late 90s. But then in the last sort of 10 years, it's trailed off as parents buy the children iPads. But there's no question we've seen an upsurge uh, in sales in COVID times um, because parents are at home and children are home and I think there's a little bit more disposable income because they're not spending anything on travel. What's the most elaborate cubby house that you've built? Uh, for an, uh, uh, it was over $40,000. <laughs> Yeah, please. How many stories? Like, yeah. what did it have? Talk us about. Talk us through the that inclusions. Would have had melee inclusions. <laughs> uh, it was for a discerning client, um, for his grandchildren. So there was sort of three separate little um, um, wings. Yeah, wings. Yeah, they were wings. Really, and yeah, they're all linked um, through overhead walkways. Um, but there was the um, sort of little. Um, Studio type one there for um, um, uh, for one granddaughter, and there's a 
Ford style one for the grandson and then a sort of combination one. Um, yeah. So, well, the, Murray, I've got a seven-year-old Claire. I'm going to have to have a chat to my parents and ask, what are they doing? Oh, yes. What are they doing? <laughs> now, uh, Murray, you guys make other things as well as cubby houses. Is there a website you can point people to? Yeah, to um, canberraoutdoorstructures.com.au. We do um, home offices, backyard uh, cabins for teenagers, uh, craft rooms for mums, and, of course, um, granny flats, which aren't always for grannies. They're often for um, 30-year-olds who can't or won't try and save a deposit <laughs> for their first property. Yeah, Just sure. say it straight up, yep, Murray. I love that. <laughs> so I, I love how frank you are. Murray, that is really cool. Um, thank you so much for your time today. We've enjoyed our chat. Thank you. Have a good day, guys. What good can point one of a percent of the value of the property of your home do in Canberra? Let's find out. I've been really excited about this chat. Um, Sally Hines is a Chief Operating Officer at uh, The Big Issue and joins us now to talk about Homes for Homes. Good morning, uh, Sally. Good morning. Great to be here. Now, Sally, firstly, can you just give us a broad understanding of what Homes for Homes is? Absolutely. So Homes for Homes is a community-led and long-term sustainable solution to helping to solve homelessness. Um, so what you might not know is that there's actually a chronic shortage of over 600,000 social and affordable houses um, in Australia at the moment. And so what Homes for Homes does is it asks homeowners to register with Homes for Homes and asks them to make a promise to donate 0.1% of their property sale price to the initiative at the time that they sell their house. So on a $750,000 house, that's a $750 donation that's made at the time that that person sells their house. Those funds are then pulled together, so community-led, um, all of those funds pulled together, and then they're dispersed um, to community housing providers to increase the supply of social and affordable housing. So your small 0.1% donation can have a huge impact in housing um, many of those Australians and um, ACT people who are homeless at the moment. Yeah, it's such a clever idea, and we know locally Demon Prospect uh, is a part of Homes for Homes, and of course uh, anyone who goes to Canberra Raiders, and I do the ground announcing at the Raiders matches, so every time points are scored... Uh, Money is donated through Demon Prospect to Homes for Homes. So, you know, there's lots of organisations behind this. So you made an announcement through the week uh, that's relevant to helping people in Canberra as well. What was that all about? Yes, yeah, so this uh, week we were able to announce that we have a further $200,000 that it's available <clears throat> to housing providers in the ACT. So if you're someone who, or an organisation that can provide housing to people who are in need, you're welcome to apply for that $200,000 um, through our grant portal, which is at homesforhomes.org.au. Um, and those funds can be used um, to create new housing, to refurbish housing, whatever it might be, as long as it's going to actually end up with people from the ACT having a roof over their head. And Sally, can you give us an example of how Homes for Homes has helped a Canberra family? Absolutely. So um, this is our third funding round. So the third time that we've been able to award funds to housing providers in ACT. Um, so we've awarded over $500,000 um, to Havelock Housing and to CHC. So the CHC project was just last year um, in the suburb of Nichols. Um, and that um, uh, donation of $300,000 um, has gone towards the build cost for a five-bedroom group home. So it's enabling adult children um, who have mental illness, who are living and cared for by their ageing parents, to transition to a more independent living model um, with all the 24-7 care support that they need. Um, so that gives um, those family members who have been caring for their kids and are no longer able to a complete peace of mind. And it means that those um, young people um, are housed. Um, otherwise, we you know, might end up in precarious housing situations and may actually end up homeless. Gee, with outcomes like that, you yeah. just must love going to work every day. 
I do. There's nothing quite like um, working for a not-for-profit um, like Homes for Homes, but also being able to um, award money to other not-for-profits to really um, increase that supply of social and affordable housing. So COVID, you know, has really made a lot of us feel a bit precarious about um, our own lives and our own housing. But we have to remember there's people out there that live with this um, uncertainty every single day. Um, so it's a really nice reminder, um, you know, of how much impact Homes for Homes can have, but also that we all have, um, as community members, have a responsibility to help those that are in need. Yeah, absolutely. What you guys are doing is awesome. It's, it's having a huge impact and will no doubt continue yeah. to do so. Uh, Sally, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Those are the interviews we most enjoyed in last week's Mix 106.3 Real Estate Show. Yeah, if you love hearing about the latest trends or you're up for a sticky beat, drop by for a listen this Saturday between 9 and 10am. Thanks to Actu AGL, it's The Real Estate Show with Cam and Renee on Mix 106.3.